0: I need to share something with us tonight. I trust God to help me. Father, help me tonight to birth this in the heart of your people. I do not come in the strength of my own words. I do not come in the enticing words of men's wisdom. I humble myself and I hide behind and under you that you will speak through me and let my lips be as the pen of a ready writer. Glorify Jesus and take all the praise in Jesus name. All right, I need to, I need to have a talk with us tonight. Um, I'm hoping we'll be done on time. This might not be, it's not a message. First of all, it's not a sermon. Um, it's not a keynote address. It's just a talk. Is that all right? Is that all right? Yeah. So it's a, it's a very informal talk um, that I, I want us to talk about. Um, and I'm trusting God. It, it's not. It might not be one that gets you to respond and gets you to shout and gets you to go preach, preacher. I just want to share with us to, um, on something that I've. I've been thinking about. I was with Stephen this afternoon when I came in and, and I said to him in my, in my experience and I don't know pastor but I agree with this but in my experience in, in ministry and counseling um, and all of that I realized a lot of our issues as the body of Christ are not spiritual. Did you hear what I just said? A lot of our issues are not spiritual. A lot of our issues are not witches and wizards chasing you from your village. Household wickedness. Ancestral spirits, in laws, outlaws, side laws. A lot of our issues are not prayer based, a lot of our issues are here. Day in and day out, I'd speak with people, counsel people, interact with people, help people, relate with people, connect with people. And I realized, take my volume up, if you, if you may, just a little bit, because, um, like I said, we're having a talk, so um, if you just take that up and cut the highs a bit so it doesn't scream. A lot of it are issues that have to do with the mind. I think about it, and a lot of us are saved, sanctified, blood-bought, yeah? Demon-chasing, tongue-talking, soul-waning, tithe-pain, which are the ones? Heaven-bound, seed sowing. Amen. Shoe touching. Pav hugging. Oil buying. And in in the midst of all of that, we still have issues. We still have challenges. So I was thinking about it and last week God said to me, speak or talk with them on what I've titled help. I'm losing my mind. Help. I'm losing my mind. How many of you have used that phrase, I'm losing my mind, before? My hand is up. How many of you? I know some of you are writing. That's cool. But how many of you have said, I'm, I'm losing my mind. I feel like I'm losing my mind. And i began to think about it. And sometimes circumstances begin to happen to us in life, and life throws stuff at us. And it goes straight to to the realm of our mind. And, and how can you live a victorious life? How can you live a victorious Christian life when you always feel like you're losing your mind? And so it's a constant struggle to stay on top of your emotions. It's a constant struggle to stay on top of your of your your, your thoughts. It's a constant struggle to stay on top of your paradigms, your mindsets. It's a constant trouble to con- struggle to control yourself. And not be swayed left and right by every fleeting emotion. So let's talk about that for a while this evening. Is that okay? What is the mind? Let's start there. So I found some interesting things about the mind. What is the mind? Anybody has any insight they want to share? Anybody? I'm not going to define it. So don't think, you know how you just wait wait for me to define it. If you don't answer, I'll just go on. I'll I'll assume you know what it is and I'll go on. I'm not going to define it. Because for one, there are multiple different definitions of the concept of the mind. So if you have a few, I'd like you to share. We're talking. Think about it for a second. And there's all the questions like, what's the difference between your mind and your spirit? What's the difference between your mind and your heart? What's the connection between your mind and emotions? What's the place of your mind and temperaments and and sentiments and all of that. Who has any insights they want to share? Because I'm not going to answer all of that. I'm just going to assume you know your mind. After all, it's your mind, isn't it? (laughs) I'm just going to assume you know your mind. And I'm going to continue from there and ask the next question since you can't answer the first. How important is the mind? (laughs) I wrote here that the mind is the powerhouse of life. Yeah? The mind is what? powerhouse of life, and the mind is the shaper of reality. The mind is the powerhouse of life. It fuels life's activities and it shapes your realities. Somebody who's listening tonight to this talk, like I said, and it's gonna be very quiet because mind issues are deep issues. As long as you're listening and drawing, your mind is the powerhouse of life and is the shaper of reality so whatever happens in your mind informs your reality true or false Did you hear what I said okay whatever happens to your mind or whatever feeds your mind informs your reality your reality cannot be divorced from the state of your mind What happens to your mind informs your reality. Proverbs 23, verse 7 says, As a man thinketh, I like how Nigerians call it, thinketh. It's beautiful. I like, it sounds like, it sounds musical. Thinketh. All right. As a man, (laughs) can you give me another translation so that that doesn't stick in my head? Because now they are polluting my mind already. I try to help them with their minds, and they are corrupting mine. Charlie? As he thinks within himself, so is he. So the state of your mind informs your reality. Your reality is an outplay of the state of your mind. That answers the question how important your mind is. Another thing I found interesting about the mind is that the mind of God. I don't know why God will choose it to be that way. Is the incubator of his will in your life. I found that to be interesting. That the mind of man, Pastor Elvis, is actually the seat of the expression of God's will in the earth. Romans 12, verse 2. Yeah, verse 1 is, I beseech you, brethren, right? By the mercy of God that you present yourself. Holy, um, living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, which is your original act of worship, verse 2, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed, stay with me now, by the, so how does transformation come? Okay, that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will. The essence, stay with me people, of being transformed by the renewing of your mind is so that you can prove God's will. Did somebody just hear what I said? So the, that makes the state of your mind even more crucial because if you're not transformed, you cannot birth God's will. and the reason why we struggle on the earth like pastor elvis said and we struggle with the purpose is because we are not aware of the express will of god for our lives in the earth matthew 6 luke 11 they came to him and they said jesus master teach us how to pray he says when you pray this is how you ought to pray our father who art in heaven hallowed worship your first approach to god is in worship hallowed be thy name. The very first request is what? thy kingdom come. Thy will. So the essence of the ministry of Jesus on the earth is to establish the coming high frequency of his kingdom and the birthing or the doing of his will. That is unpacked to you in your mind. That's why he says, begging us, I beseech you, yeah, pleading with you that you transform yourself by renewing your mind so that you can birth, so that you can carry, so that your mind can be impregnated with the good, acceptable and perfect will of God. And until you are carrying and living out God's will, you will struggle through life. Did you hear what I said? So the mind is crucial because the mind incubates God's will in the earth. You cannot afford for your mind to be all over the place. You cannot afford to lose your mind because if you lose your mind, you lose His will. Okay, I know, I know, we're talking, but is anybody catching what I'm saying? You lose your though, you lose your knowledge of the understanding of God's will to the measure that you lose your mind. And the enemy understands this. So he doesn't come for your spirit as such. He doesn't come for your soul. He comes always for your mind. Because he knows if he can mess up your mind, he can mess up your birthing of the will of God for your life. Has anybody listened to what I'm saying? So it turns out that your mind is the battleground for the affairs of life. So whatever happens to you in life is Conjuring for space in the realm of your mind. I saw something that blew my mind, Pastor Elvis. Ephesians 4, I believe 23, somewhere there. 23, 24, 25. Paul, same guy that said, be transformed by the doing of your mind, right? In verse 23, right? thank you, Holy Spirit, right there. it says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. So your mind has a spirit. Your mind mind has a life force. Your mind has character traits. Your mind has a temperament. Your mind has a life, a form of its own. That's why you can be here and your mind can bypass you and do what it feels like doing. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, sir. Because your mind has or is a spirit. Yeah your mind can think for itself decide for itself act for itself and hold you ransom and hold you captive because whatever life form you have tangibly your mind has intangibly <laughs> Pastor this <Elvis. laughs> is anybody listening to me yeah. so your mind is not just some abstract matrix remember the films it's not some just some abstract matrix it is a life force of its own that two dimensions are struggling to control and whoever controls the realm of the spirit of your mind controls you So whatever thought is happening, whatever actions in the earth are all fighting for space in the realm of your mind. At the heart for the battle of the mind is the establishment of the will of God or of the agenda of the prince of this world. Those two are fighting for your mind. Because whoever or whatever controls your mind has mastery over you. Whoever or whatever controls your mind has mastery over you. That's why every sin starts as a thought. Every emotion starts as a thought. Every feeling starts as a thought. So the state of your mind is crucial to life on earth and for eternity. And over time, stuff happens to us. Somebody gets raped. Somebody goes through. Sexual assault, domestic violence, sexual violence, harassment. Somebody goes through a broken home. Somebody goes through a dysfunctional marriage. Somebody is wrongfully accused. Somebody gets fired repeatedly from every job. Somebody goes through a chain of poverty. Somebody goes through stuff. You struggle through school. You put in everything and get so little. And everything that happens to you in life leaves an imprint on your mind. As the imprints, first of all, the imprints that are left on your mind are subject to how you decrypt them. I don't know what word to use for decrypt. Um, not decode, uh, deco- not necessarily interpret, but convert something that was unintelligible to become something that is intelligible. Do you understand what I mean? It's it's a it's a programming word to decrypt something. It it comes and it's up to you how you. You know, let me let me put it this way. Everything that happens to you is a negative in the dark room of your mind. Right? We at least you understand that concept, right? Yeah, we understand the concept of a negative. It's up to you how you wash or print that negative to become the image that takes control over the spirit of your mind. So the, the things that are messing up your mind are not the things that happened to you. It's the things you thought about the things that happened to you. Help me, Holy Spirit. Is this helping anybody at all? You were robbed. You were raped. Praise God for your life. I have no tolerance for somebody who can sexually force themselves upon someone else sexually. I think it's the most barbaric act ever. Does anybody agree with me? Not a, I don't subscribe to any of that at all. But, and I say this carefully carefully, not everybody who was raped was messed up as a result of their rape. So don't walk around feeling like because you were raped, you are entitled to be messed up. Is, is anybody understanding what I'm saying? It is not the rape. That forms your mindset. It is what you decrypted of the rape. Somebody can be raped. And you come away. And you know that the person that violated you has just shortchanged their own destiny. It's not always that you have felt you have lost something. Galatians 6, 7 says, be not deceived. And he was quoting Malachi. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, he will reap. He that rolls a stone, the same stone shall be rolled on his head. Ecclesiastes, right? And he that diggeth a pit will fall into it. So any perpetrator of evil, Ecclesiastes 8, I think it's 11. I don't know. I'm not sure. That says, because punishment for evil delays. Put it up on the screen if I'm right. Thank you. Because sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, therefore, the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. That it is not executed speedily doesn't mean it will not be executed. So whoever comes against you has come against the apple of God's eye and will get what is coming to them. It's not your place, however, to form a mindset based on what they did or took from you. Because that affects you for the rest of your life and doesn't affect the other person. And so the other person has gotten mastery not over just not only over your body, but over your mind and therefore over your whole life. Is anybody listen to what I'm saying? And then your mind starts to get messed up. It happens once. You think about it in this order. Somebody breaks your heart. And then second time, another person breaks your heart. And let me inform you. That the second and third and fourth and fifth people that broke your heart broke your heart because you said and thought they would. <laughs> if, you, if you get it, that's your problem. If you refuse it, it's your life, it's your mind. Did you hear what I just said? They broke it because whatever you think, you gravitate towards. Life cannot get to happen to you what it cannot first get you to think about. I repeat, life cannot get to happen to you what it cannot first get you to think about. Because as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. As a man thinketh not. So you will sit down there and you will only attract the idiots. Because you have wired your mind that only idiots exist. and then you're screaming and then you start to complain How look at sister X she just came just joined the choir now she's married she could even choose from 17 husbands what is happening to me? me? all men are the same why should I bother looking for a job? every time I go for a job they will tell me I'm sorry to inform you We regret to inform you. I'm afraid every time I go for the job, they will say I was shortlisted, but I was never. So why should I? Each time similar things happen that form emotions in your mind, those things happening over and over, coming together, then form what is called a mindset. A mindset doesn't just happen. It happens when you have interpreted or decrypted a series of events in your life in the same manner. Is, is this making sense to anybody? Yes. You did this plus that. It happened like that. You, set, you formed an emotion. Because emotions are not formed from feelings. They are formed from information. <sighs> this way. It is not your feeling that informs your emotion. It is the information that you take into yourself. That forms your emotion and your emotion dictates your feeling. That is why a brother can approach a sister the first time and she says no. But six months later, they are married. Why? Because based on the information she had or didn't have, she said no. And because she said no, there was no resultant emotion. And so there was no feeling. I said here I will teach on relationships very soon. I'm trusting God to do a series on relationships. Right? But the guy, okay, can we be friends? Sisters, be careful. (laughs) We can just be friends. You know how sometimes you want to give them consolation prize? And some of you have gotten yourself messed up because you should have run away from that thing, from that person. But because you didn't want to make him feel bad. Talk to me. You didn't want to hurt him. And then you expose yourself to more information and that information begins to form emotions. I think I can like this guy, you know, I think he's all right. I think we can walk on the pot belly. I think we can clean him up a little bit. Talk to me, sisters. Don't look at me like that. You know, he drinks, he smokes. You know, I think I can I can change him. I can bring him to church. You know, I can try and just clean him up, change the kind of things he wears, teach him how to wear perfume, you know, help how to write properly. You know, I think we can make this work. And as you are giving yourself information, you are servicing your emotions. And then feelings begin to ensue. Whether you were right or not. A multiplicity of these emotions forming based on information now form a mindset. And once it is a mindset, auntie, you need Jesus. Because it means your mind concerning a particular matter is set. Have multiple mindsets and then you have a messed up mind. And because your mind is messed up and you have no control over it, you now start to lose it. Has it helped anybody so far? You begin to lose your mind because there is a multiplicity of mindsets from a plethora of emotions, from a world of information, all struggling for place on the canvas of your mind. And because you are there, there is no space for the will of God to be birthed inside you. Because you cannot incubate his will, you cannot work in purpose. So Romans 12.2 will suggest to us that you can be born again and not transformed. Pastor Elvis, he was writing to the church now. Romans was written, pastor, to the church in Rome. Talk to me, somebody. Yes. He was not writing to unbelievers. He was writing to believers and telling believers to be transformed. But I thought the work of Jesus is a complete and finished work. Oh, it is. But just as he came to carry a cross, he yet told them to carry their cross. Okay, two people got it. He came to carry the cross but you have your own cross to carry if anyone will follow me let him deny himself take up his own cross so the work of Christ complete and finished calls you into a state of responsibility talk to me now your spirit is regenerated yes you are born again born with water and spirit right but there is a responsibility upon you to regenerate your mind to transform yourself of course with the Holy Spirit's help but it's your responsibility because only when you have willingly transformed yourself can you incubate the good acceptable and the perfect will of God when your mind is occupied with hatred and resentment and anger and bitterness and, and, and phobias and paranoia. And paranoia comes when you have convinced yourself that because one thing happened to you in a particular way, every f- subsequent thing will happen to you in the same way. That's paranoia. When you become paranoid. You went out, you were crossing the road, a taxi hit you. Right? You now convinced yourself that every time you see a taxi, the taxi is after you talk to me somebody. You were riding a bicycle when you were three, you fell and you dislocated your ankle. You have convinced yourself that anytime you ever climb something, you will fall. Paranoia. It becomes a mindset. If unfortunately you give it a second try and you fell or you went out and a taxi, a car nearly hit you. You will be like, I said it. I said it. You you, you flew when you were six, and there was turbulence and you were puking and everything, you swore you would never fly again because the day you fly, you would die. But some of us in the same airport where planes took up and crashed, we entered the next plane and we fly. And we don't crash. Have you thought about it before? Yeah. And the day you decide to fly, that is the day the plane will crash. Because as a man thinketh, you may laugh about it, but I'm showing you the pattern of life. Because you are carrying enough life force. You are carrying enough energy in your matrix that can alter reality to align with what you think. So you have enough power to crash the plane. You have enough power to attract somebody else to rape you next. Have you noticed how these things become patterns that start repeating? Some of you might act all nice and sweet, but come on, let's be honest. It happens to you once, then it becomes a pattern that begins to repeat itself. Because you have generated enough energy inside the realm of the spirit of your mind that cannot but attract like because in reality, must, of a necessity align with how you think. Do you understand what I'm saying? So you will not gravitate in the direction of what you don't think about. And for some reason, because your minds are like cathodes, your minds are like Atoms that are releasing, uh, they are like, uh, like like radio waves and you're releasing stuff in the atmosphere. It is attracting those who are on the same frequency as your mind. And that's all you will attract. And a multiplicity of those. And your mind is messed up. So it's our responsibility to transform ourselves. Why do we need to transform ourselves if the work of Christ is complete? Because by nature our minds are messed up. You know when you arrived on the Earth, your mind was messed up enough. Before happenings began to happen to add to the mess up, you arrived the earth messed up, because your mind in the person of Adam and Eve had been tampered with. Did God say you should not eat any fruit? kind the devil is wicked. It's wicked. Genesis 3, right? Did God say you should not eat any fruit in the garden? Eve was like, ah, no! Ah. Uncle Satan, no! <laughs> How can God say such a thing? You know, she started off honestly trying to defend God. Think about it. But Satan knew that if he came to her and said, you know that thing God said to you is not true. He knew that if he approached her that way, she would shut him down. Yeah. Talk to me, somebody. He knew that if he came to her and said, you know, you can try this. I you know God said this, but you can try like this. She will know instantly that's not the voice of God and she will have shut him down. So he came for her mind. He came to suggest to her to think differently. Did God say you shouldn't eat anything? How can God say such a thing? No, he didn't say that at all. He only said we can eat everything, but we should not eat this one and that one. Why did he say so? Why did he put a restraining order on this too? And because he said, if you eat it, we shall die. He had gotten her thinking stimulated in a particular direction. He had her mind where he wanted it. Yeah. And so she went, no, went, no, 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 But you. What he meant by you will die is that no, you will not die. You will just be like him. You will see differently. Oh, really? Well, that makes sense then. So now God doesn't want me to see like him, right? That's what happened. So he doesn't want me to be like him. Why will God create us in his image and likeness and not want us to be like him? Why will he then lie and say, if we ate it, we will die? Oh, I see. Okay. Thank you for your help, Uncle Lucifer. And she ate it. And her mind got messed up. For those of you that believe or have been preached, Adam, Eve was not an original design of God. That God only created Eve because Adam, if it was found out, was alone. So God created the relationship between Adam and Eve is a master slave relationship. So when a young man came to me, I was showing me that, but I showed him a scripture when the Bible says that in the beginning, I think Genesis 2, in the beginning, God created man. Male and female created he them. Man was not complete as man, not man, the sex symbol or the gender, but man as the species until woman came. How could man have multiplied? How? When God began to bless in Genesis 1:28, he and God blessed them and Eve hadn't come yet. <laughs> Male and female created he them and God blessed them. said, So listen to me. Eve did not deceive Adam. The serpent deceived man. The moment Eve's mind was tampered with, Adam's was. Adam had no choice but to eat the fruit. Oh Jesus. Can you guys handle this? Adam looks at her and he says this one it's flesh of my flesh and bone of my bone. She shall be called woman for she was taken out of me the moment Eve was tampered with. Adam was tampered with. Adam had no choice. Because the two of them were one. And Lucifer knew it. And that mind being messed up has been handed down generation to generation so your mind is messed up enough for you to let anything else mess up any further the mind is a server i wrote here it sponges up and stores whatever information is fed by experience and by exposure emotions form when information that we feed to the mind magnifies And then strongholds or mindsets, which I've talked about earlier, form when there are multiple emotions of a similar nature that have taken root in the mind. So, basically, you are what you think. Right? Tell your neighbor, you are what you think. You become what you think. And then you start thinking about what you became. I know this is a bit deep for some people. But let me repeat. You become what you think. And then you start to think about what you became. Look at me. Look at my life. Look at where I have ended up. See the nonsense boy I have ended up with. Talk to me now. Look at the dead end job I am trapped in. You became what you think. And you think about what you became. And the more you think about, more you became. Or what you became, the more energy you release to attract onto you what you are convinced you have become. The state of your mind shapes your reality. I wrote here: nobody is a victim of circumstance. How many of you have heard that phrase? I've just, I was just a victim of circumstance, but nobody is a victim of circumstance. Everybody is a product of your mind. So to alter our reality, we must alter our thinking. Why? Because I said to know the will of God, to birth the will of God, you must be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That word transformed is interesting. It's the same word that appeared in Matthew 17 when Jesus was transfigured. The word transfigured is just are the only two times the word transform appeared in the New Testament. The Greek word for it is metamorphothe, which means to absolutely become another man. So what the Bible is asking us to do with our minds is what Jesus did on the Mount of Transfiguration. He became the fullness of the Godhead. He became another man. He transformed, he transfigured by the renewing of your mind. Because a mind that is not renewed cannot transact with the will of God. So the agent of transformation in the life of a God-man is the renewing of your mind. Because God's will according to Romans 12.2, is only renewed, is only revealed to a renewed mind. How do we then renew our minds? I'll give you a few steps to that and then we close. How many of you want to know how to renew your mind, how to take control of your mind? I don't want this to be a two-part series. I want to download it all so you can go and do business with it and transact. How do you renew your mind? Number one, Tell your neighbor, you've got to let it go. Say it again to the other person. Ephesians 4, 22 and 23. Put it up on the screen. Ephesians 4, 22 and 23. I'll finish this in 15 minutes. Ephesians 4, that you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to deceitful lust. Next verse and be renewed in the spirit of your mind go on that you put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness go on wherefore putting away lying speak every man truth with his neighbor for we are members of one another one of another keep going keep going walk with me quickly be angry and sin not and let not the sun go down upon your wrath or your anger neither give place to the devil next verse let him that stole still no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands, the thing which is good that he may have to give to him that is that needed. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that he may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, this is where he was going, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Last verse, 32. And be ye kind to one another, tender-hearted. What's the next line? Forgiven one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. I said earlier on that it is not what happens to you that forms a negative mindset. It is what you think about what happens to you. And a lot of times we have a victim mentality where we want to build altars around our misfortune. Did you hear what I just said? Where we want to build altars around our misfortune. No, you can't blame me. My father was not there when I grew up. And you say it a thousand times, it becomes your reality. So even your heavenly father doesn't stand a chance because your mindset is that you don't have a father. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? No man can ever love me. No. All I'm good for is just to be used and dumped. And therefore, when a man comes that God planted to find you, to decorate his life, he stands no chance. Because it's like everyone else before him, in your perception. Are you following me? You get a job opportunity, but you're you're convinced that it will go pear-shaped. You're convinced it will go wrong. You're convinced they will not work because you have a mindset. And those mindsets are formed based on the emotions you have grown up on account of the experience or the information that you've allowed into your mind. But if you let go and forgive, then while you have information, the information cannot mature into an emotion. (laughs) Because the information is okay. It's the, information, it's, the, it's the emotion that the information forms that messes you up. <laughs> the information is that something happened to you. Right? That's information. But it's up to you what emotion you choose to form on the basis of that information. Do you understand what I'm saying? The, the sting in your mind is not from the information. It is from the emotion that you allow the information to form. Are you following what I'm saying? Numbers 13. The guys, 12 spies went to spy Jericho, right? Went to spy Jericho and they came back and two of them, Joshua and Caleb, said, let's go up at once and take the land, but we can take it. And 10 said, you know, (laughs) truly, truly. (laughs) Truly, truly, oh. There's meek and there's honey. Truly. But otherwise, it's a land that eats up its inhabitants. We looked Numbers 13, 32, somewhere there. Somewhere there. 32, 31, somewhere. Yeah. Okay. And they brought up an evil report in the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel saying, the land through which we had gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw in it are men of a great stature, 33, I many different translation for that and there we saw the giants the sons of Anak which were of the giants and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers please find another translation for me of that verse as a man thinketh in his heart proverbs 23 7 so he is alongside them we felt like grasshoppers and they looked down on us as if we were so what the people did to them was informed by their perception of themselves. I rest my case. We were convinced we looked like grasshoppers next to them. And when, we, when they saw us, we are sure they saw us like grasshoppers. Because that was how we saw ourselves. Perception. people saw differently, 10 people. Saw. No, we, we can't, we can't go up, we can't take it. But to see differently, you've got to let go. You've got to make sure that the information that is in your life based on what happens to you base or based on what you know, doesn't form the wrong emotion. Is this helping anybody at all in this room? and so you cannot change the information you cannot undo the years your father wasn't there are you listening to what I'm saying you cannot lose the person you cannot change the person you lost your virginity to yes you cannot lose the person that said no to you in that job interview you cannot change the information but you can alter the emotion yes, sir. and once you alter the emotion you alter your reality because life moving forward will answer to you based on your new reality Where you were brought you to where you are. But where you are doesn't have to predicate where you're going. You can change it. You can change it. Your value is not based on what happened to you. Your value is based on how you see yourself to be. Is anybody listening to what I'm saying? So somebody hurt you, let it go call them by name I've done something symbolic stuff where I've told people to write out the names of everybody who raised up a wrong altar in your life call them out release them pray over them burn it if you have to but of all necessity let it go that way you read that information of the wrong emotion the wrong energy how you begin to renew your mind so when that information stirs up in your heart because you know sometimes you keep praying how many of you have prayed to forget some things that happened to you talk to me people how many of you have prayed to forget some things how many of you have gotten frustrated that you cannot forget it's not about forgetting it's about removing the sting of the emotion from that information the information is always there but you process it differently I'll give you one more and we'll close for today. I'll have to continue this next week. Forgive, release, detox. Number two, deal with it. Number one is what? Let it go. Number two, deal with it. Confront it. Second Corinthians 10.5. Second Corinthians 10.5. That's where it says, casting down imaginations. Yes. And every high thing that exalts itself above the knowledge of Christ and bringing into captivity what look up bringing into captivity every to there so when a thought we talked about information and emotions and mindsets, when a thought comes up when an emotion comes up based on information you run that information by this scripture and if it is not in tandem with the knowledge of God what do you do to it And then you bring every thought into obedience so your mind is not designed to be controlled by you you are designed to control your mind oh my god is this helping anybody in this room at all something wells up in your spirit you cannot amount to anything you are not worth anything look at everything else you tried you failed every relationship before now you failed and then you run it down it becomes an imagination and high thing that is trying to exalt itself above the reality of who you are in Christ and Christ says you are the head and you are not the tail he says you are fearfully and you're wonderfully made he says you are indelibly tattooed upon the palm of his hands he said he watches over you he says he knows the thoughts that he has concerning you of good and not of evil he says there is an end and the expectation of the righteous shall not be what is the knowledge of God bring that thought alignment with the knowledge of God it comes into captivity to the obedience of Christ then you read that emotion that information of that information of that emotion and you replace it with an emotion that is based on the reality of the knowledge of God is this practical enough for anybody to understand so you cannot sit down there and and your mind like I said has a spirit right it talks it hears it acts it does when your mind speaks open your mouth and speak to your mind I was telling somebody that a few days ago open your mouth and say I rebuke you, I am not this fear comes up inside of you, the Lord is the strength of my life, of whom shall I be afraid the Lord is my Lord Lord, and my salvation whom shall I fear, when the enemy comes the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want he leads me Besides still waters, for his name's sake, he restores my soul. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil, for thou art with me. There shall the sun not smite me by day, nor the moon, by night. You open your mouth and you curse it. 2 Timothy one, seven, I believe. For well, he has not given us a spirit of fear. Yes, thank you. But of power and of love, and of sound mind. 1 John 4, 17, 18, thereabout, there is no fear in love, for perfect love, cast out fear. That is the knowledge of God. He given his beloved sleep. Psalm 3, verse 3, 4, thereabout, I, I lay me down, and I slept. I awaked, for the Lord sustained me. Do you understand what I'm saying? You begin to bring that thing into alignment. You deal with it. Based on the knowledge of God's word, the devil is a liar. Nothing that happens to you changes how God sees you. Because heaven and earth pass away, but his word doesn't pass away. Is this helping anybody at all? Take control of your mind. Last point is not the end of the message, but I'll give you just the last one for tonight Philippians 2 5 to 11 Philippians 2 5 to 11 take on take on the mind of Christ so take on the mind of Christ let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus look up for a second we are screaming that we are losing our minds and the essence of what I'm trying to say to you is stop losing your mind and start losing your mind. You are losing your mind because you haven't given it up to take his. 1 Corinthians 2.16 try that 1 Corinthians 2.16 yes for who had known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him can we read this last line everybody want to go how come you are losing it if you have his mind how come, the guy that broke your heart is still in the driving seat of your life if you have his mind. How come your father that abused you that wasn't there is still controlling the affairs of your emotions if you have his mind? That's why you're losing it because you actually you should actually lose it and take on back to Philippians 2 take on his mind. But it is a choice. You have to let it. Philippians 2.5, right? Let means what? Allow, permit, give room for the mind of Christ to be in you. And therefore, you begin to filter things the way Jesus thinks. Is anybody listening to what I'm saying? They came to me and said, Master, how many times should we forgive? He said, infinitely. That's what he meant when he said, 70 times 7 because some of you go and calculate. 7 times 7 is 490. Okay. You wrong me. You bring out what you call that tally tally chart. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, more. Imagine the way your life will be so twisted if you are keeping a tally on everybody that wrongs you to the measure of 490. So clearly that wasn't what he meant. He meant forgive without limit. And he says this in Matthew 6 and Luke 11 in the prayer of Jesus. He said, forgive us our sins as we forgive those. In the scripture we read earlier in Ephesians 4, 28-29 says, Be tender-hearted. Forgive one another as God also forgave you for Christ's sake. Let it go. Deal with it. Take on the mind of Christ. And that way there is no... Listen, we have all gone through stuff. Hello? We've all gone through stuff. We, do you understand what I'm saying? We have all gone through stuff. I've shared my own testimony here time and time and time again. Time and time and time again. So I'm not teaching you wise. You know how we go into the Word, pastors and look for what is fanciful to teach you, to impress you. No, no, I'm pouring my life out. Tested and proven. And I'm not ashamed of it. Because we are what we are, Paul says, by the grace of God. That's what the enemy is after. is after your mind. And so you begin to realize that once you ha- he succeeds in messing your mind up, he has messed up the agenda of God for your entire life. If God could open your eyes to see a snapshot of where he's taking you, you will send an offering to the person that hurt you. Somebody didn't hear what I said. Honestly, you will send a thank you card to the person that offended you. A lady in America, true life story. A lady, Another lady came, you know, strange woman, Jezebel's son came, manipulated her and took away her husband from her. When she heard, she went to her husband's office because the lady that took away her husband was working in the husband's office and she went to the husband's office and beat the daylight out of the woman. Yeah? And went off. When God began to deal with her and she began to see what God had done in her life. She went back to her now-divorced husband's office. As soon as the lady saw her, the woman was there running. Because she remembered the way that she beat her. So she ran after the woman and caught her and said, I'm not here to beat you. I'm here to ask you to forgive me for beating you. And I'm also forgiving you for taking away my husband from me. And as of today, both of them are very close friends. And this woman is now born again. Married to the husband that left but the kingdom of God has won and the kingdom of the enemy has lost if you only saw what joy is set ahead of you you will despise the shame you will endure you will James 1-2 count it all joy when and you will free your mind and take on the mind of Christ our time is far spent we're going to close here I wish I had 10 more minutes Was a song I wanted to share to end this meeting I probably played and those of you who, 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 who have to go can go but if you have 10 minutes we'll just do that but I, I'm not done with this we'll finish next week is that okay? is that alright? has this helped anybody? the entire happenings in your life are a battle for the control of your mind And you have to take mastery over it thank you all for coming tonight I want you to go home and begin to practice these things begin to let call people's names and let them go are you listening to what I'm saying forgive them if you need to call them physically call them if you need to email them email them even if you don't have access to them or don't want access to them call them out loud and release them make room change the information Change the emotion that is controlling the information. And the sting comes and goes. Can we put yes. your hands together and give God praise? This concludes this message. Thank you for listening and we hope it has been a blessing to you. For inquiries and further information, please send us an email to info at the or visit our social media platforms.